0: Did you know the quality of your eating can impact your effectiveness at home and work? Perhaps, you know, it's important to get something to eat and you even know that what you eat matters. But did you know that how you eat makes a big difference as well? Join me to learn more. So I hope you're enjoying your summer, right? We're right in the middle of a series focused on um, our mission for the podcast, which is helping you to thrive in love and work. So we've been learning all about curiosity, how it is your secret weapon when it comes to thriving in love and work, and we've been focusing on uh, helping you to have a secure foundation. So I, I like acronyms. Um, both of those words are acronyms. And so right now we're uh, just finishing up the acronym SECURE. So if you haven't tuned into recent podcasts, um, definitely check those out. So as a reminder, SECURE is all about um, those non-negotiable minimum requirements for coping well. So these are things you must have in place in order to thrive. And so as a reminder, S is for spirituality, E is for exercise, C is for creativity, uh, U is for unplugging, R is renewal. And today we're talking about eat, which is all about eating mindfully. So every week with the podcast, my goal is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead in one of three areas. So helping you lead to clarity, which is all about connecting you to purpose, helping you to lead with curiosity, which is all about this self-awareness and self-leadership that we're focusing on now, and then helping you to lead and build a community. And so let's jump right in. Uh, With the podcast today, we're going to focus on four key things. First, we're going to help you overcome the diet mentality. We live in a diet culture. And so we can have all sorts of beliefs that um, are incorrect and certainly unhelpful as part of that diet mentality or diet culture. And so we want to challenge some of those thoughts um, for your well being. Second, we're going to talk about some signs of unbalanced eating. So you can just kind of do a little check in with yourself and see how you're doing. We'll also talk about some of the balanced eating basics. So we're not going to do anything too complicated, but do want to make sure you have some basic guidelines to help you. And then we're gonna finish up um, just a little bit by focusing on benefits of intuitive eating. Uh, So intuitive eating is often used interchangeably with um, mindful eating. They're not exactly the same concept, but um, for our purposes today, we're really gonna be focusing on eating mindfully. So developing awareness, not only about what you eat, but how you eat. And that's the territory of mindful eating. And then intuitive eating is a specific approach to eating that really um, is very much aligned with mindful eating and it really helps you to to, um, tune into those body cues so that you understand what your body needs and you can fuel your body accordingly. Uh, And so let's jump right in with uh, overcoming the diet uh, mentality. So we're going to start by uh, taking a look at the diet mentality and helping you to overcome that. So how many like a diet? Um, There's that there's never a more miserable person than a person on a diet. So there, there's a paradox though, right? Dieting is a real paradox. Um, so the first paradox is we hate diets and yet we flock to them. Um, the second paradox is that diets succeed and diets fail. And the third uh, paradox is that we've dieted our way to an obesity epidemic. So that's, that's kind of crazy. Let's unpack these paradoxes just a little bit more. So the first one, we hate diets and yet we flock to them. Uh, so what do you think of when you hear the word diet? If you're like most people, you may be groaning inside. We don't like diets. And there's a good reason for that. As humans, we're not meant to be uh, diet restricted. Um, we don't function optimally. Um, and... Diets kick up experiences of deprivation and scarcity, um, and they're just pretty miserable. So why do we flock to them? So the diet industry is a $70 billion industry. It's probably It's probably bigger than that. I haven't checked those numbers um, in in a little bit, but it's a huge industry and people are always on new diets. There's a huge diet craze going on right now with some prescription medication. Um, You probably know someone who is on it and um, there's always a new kid on the block promising amazing results. And so, you know, back to the question, if dieting is so miserable, why do we continue to flock to them? So, you know, there can be a lot of reasons. One can be social pressure, right? We ha- we live in a diet culture. And so there is an expectation um, that if there's a diet and if it could work, you should do it. We also, you know, have a pretty messed up relationship with food, access to food where, you know... There's plenty of us that are overfeed overfed, right? And so we've lost touch with our satiety cues. And there's so much um so much easily accessible food um, that doesn't require much effort. And so it can kind of mess with some of our are queuing around satiety. Um, we also right, the drive to diets can also be a lot about control. We want to be in control of our bodies and, um, with ourselves and to control. The body is seen as a substitute for control of yourself. And of course we live in a culture with, uh, that really idealizes the thin ideal. And so there's a, there's a lot of judgment, um, for folks if they don't fit that thin ideal. And yet, hardly anyone fits that thin ideal. And so often diets can be um, an attempt at a sense of control. It can be used to um, help us feel better about ourselves, to help get our eating back in order. Um, but diets um, are a real problem, which takes us to our second paradox, which is that diets succeed and diets fail. So uh, the only problem is that dieting itself wreaks havoc on our bodies and our psyches. So, you know, the, it's important to acknowledge that in the short term diets work, like you will definitely lose weight. And this is one of the ways that we kind of get Hooked by the diet contagion is that we see other people on diets and we see that it works and we jump on that bandwagon. Um, but it's really just in the short term. Um, diets are not sustainable long term. Um, and it diets are in opposition to a very human need around, um, around helping us to uh, be nourished. And so when we have the restricted or the restrained eating over time, it sets, sets us up for a rebound weight gain. Um, it messes up our metabolism. So our metabolism slow down to a crawl. And then, you know, when you try to shift out of the extreme diet mode, which is again, not sustainable, um, even if, if you're still being quite, uh, structured with your eating, it's very easy to gain weight. Um, and that's because of that metabolic effect of diets. And so, um, but of course, right, there's a huge engine running the diet industry. And so if, um, if a diet fails, it's very often put on the person, right. The the individual is the failure. It couldn't be the diet. It's, it must be you, which, you know, keeps people stuck in a negative cycle of self-blame, uh, shame. And so making yourself even more, uh, vulnerable to the next diet craze that will come. Um, and then the third paradox is, uh, we have dieted our way to an obesity epidemic. And so this is again, related to the metabolic. Impact, but in a very real way, we've dieted our ways to higher weights because um, this reduction of calories has a more severe impact on metabolism, and so your metabolism slows down as a protective mechanism against starvation and potential malnutrition. And in this way, the human body is so amazing. Um, but right, diets work because it's true that you can lose weight on a diet. People do it every single day, um, but diets fail. Because because it is also true that 95% of dieters will re- regain the lost weight within one year of weight loss. So it doesn't even take that long. And they never just regain the weight that they lost. Um, almost always, there's a 5 to 10% um, bonus added to that. And that's because of that uh, metabolic effect. And so if you lost 20 pounds at the end of a year, you can expect to be up um, by about 20 to 25 pounds. And so the more diets you go on, um, the more weight you're likely to gain over the course of your life. That's one of the reasons we talk about yo-yo dieting. Um, but it's never just um, back to where you were before the diet. It, there's There's an overshoot because your body is trying to protect you and the metabolism has been slowed down. So we definitely want to be careful about that. The other thing that we want to pay attention to when we consider diet culture or the diet mentality is, so I'm really trying to make a case that that diets don't work. So while diets can be successful in the short term, um, there's still an open question on the success rate um, or failure rate of diets. So um, diets generally have a very low success rate for anything past um, a year um, based on what I said earlier. And so when we think about Overcoming the diet mentality, we really want to focus on sustainable lifestyle changes that target nutrition and activity. Think about slow and steady wins the race. Uh, Balanced eating that isn't overly restrictive seems to be the most reasonable approach. Um, So, you know, we're targeting nutrition and activity, and we want to avoid diets, quick fixes, unsustainable approaches. If you hear of the latest extreme diet, it, ask yourself, can I sustain that for the next? 40 years or 50 years, right? And one of the um, diets that are really popular right now, they're prescription medication and that can be really costly, right? So it's maybe costing anywhere from, you know, $500 to $1,500 a month. How sustainable is that? Um, And what happens when you go off the medication? What are the long-term effects of the medication? And so when it comes to overcoming the diet mentality, we want to focus on balanced eating. We want to focus on sustainability and um, a moderation is really the key. So now let's move our attention to signs of unbalanced eating. And so we want to think more specifically about what qualifies as unbalanced eating, right? We know a diet counts. So if you're on a diet that counts, check. Um, but um, there are other behaviors that, you know, you might not be on a diet, but there might be other behaviors that you just kind of want to um, pay attention to that could be um, red flags that we, we, again, we want to move towards moderation. And so, um, one is food refusal. And so avoiding social gatherings where food may be present, um, refusing to eat out or eating in secret. Another sign is restrictive and restrained eating. So you might not be on a specific diet, but are you always attempting to lose weight? Do you have intense guilt about, um, eating sweets or items that, you know, quote unquote, aren't allowed or eliminating food groups, um, Um, chronic caloric restriction or restraint or um, rigid tracking of what you're eating. Another sign could be anxiety related to eating. So you just have fear or worry about food, eating. You know, a lot of times the worry could be about weight gain or, you know, if I eat this dessert, am I going to be able to exercise? So again, the obsessive uh, calorie counting and loss of pleasure with eating, right? Eating is a great thing. And if, if your approach or thoughts about eating are tinged with anxiety, that could be a sign that, you know, there's an opportunity to move towards a little more, um, moderation. And next we have emotional eating. Uh, so eating in response to emotional upset, eating a large amount of food in a short period of time to the point of stomach upset, um, eating to uh, calm or soothe yourself. These are all signs that we want to pay attention to now. Now, um, eating is not disconnected from emotions, but if you find that you're going to food in response to emotional upset or to cope with life stressors, then that could be a sign um, that we want to uh, pay attention to. And then and the last sign that I want to talk about today is compensatory behaviors. And so these are behaviors that you use to counterbalance eating. So for example, the, the example I used before, if you um, you give yourself permission to have dessert, um, but then you feel like you have to exercise or you got to add in another workout, um, to counterbalance those calories that you just ate. Um, you know, we think about self-induced vomiting, um, use of laxatives or diuretics, chewing and spitting food uses of detoxes. Um, all of these are signs of unbalanced eating. And so, um, just getting curious and, and noting what might stand out for you. So now let's move to our last point, which is, um, actually it's our second to last point. So balanced eating basics. And so I just wanna give you some general guidelines that can help you um, to have a balanced approach to eating. And so this term um, I use, I I use it in my my life as an eating disorder specialist. And I think it really, it it sounds uh, paradoxical, but it really hits the target which is flexible structure. So, you know, we want to make sure that you're eating regularly, you're getting in general, you know, three meals, three snacks a day, um, but that you can be flexible with that. Um, you can, you can eat in response to social settings. You can, um, you know, you're not so locked down on your eating schedule that you don't have room for flexibility. Um, another basic is to prioritize whole foods. We, you know, we, we, um, live in a, in a culture with highly processed foods. And if you're not careful, you can, you can go a whole week without eating any whole foods. And so thinking about, um, fruits and vegetables, aiming for five to seven servings, um, each day, um, increasing color on your plate. And if you focus on that um, and and you're not eating everything out of a box, right, then you will naturally pick up more fruits and veggies along the way. Um, We want a balance of macros. So, you know, we think about um, carbs, fats, and proteins as the macros, and we don't want too much imbalance there. And so, you know, if you're scared of carbs and so you try to keep your carbs really low, that's... Not going to be um, great for optimal functioning. And so, in general, we want a balance there. And it doesn't mean that the numbers, right, of those macros are exactly the same, but that, you know, you're not restricting one of your macros from your diet. Um, But also don't forget your micros. So when we think about um, micronutrients, right, we really want to pay attention to those vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin C, um, calcium, all of those are also really important in terms of balanced eating. And then when it comes to fiber, we want to shoot for 20 grams of fiber. And so, you know, fiber doesn't bring nutritional value, but it helps our guts to keep moving and to have a healthy GI tract and then of course drinking plenty of water which also really helps with the GI tract but um, it helps to protect you from dehydration everything just works a little bit better when we have um, when we have adequate water in place and so now I just want to say a couple things about intuitive eating and so this is a specific approach so it's similar to mindful eating but it is a specific approach there's a book called intuitive eating and the essence of this is that it is a non-dieting approach to eating that is sustainable and results in uh, lower bmi so BMI is the height to weight ratio, better health and more peace with food and your body. So one of the arguments I often hear from dieters is that if they don't diet, their weight is, they're they're just going to continue to gain weight. And so there's a lot of fear around that and diets are used as a form of control, right? Control to address that fear. But with intuitive eating, it's all about developing trust with your body, learning to listen and respond to the cues your body is sending. You, our bodies are incredibly wise. Um, if we can quiet all the other noise and listen to them. And so, um, it's also really great for health. Um, people have a better relationship with food, their weight tends to be lower. So if you're concerned about fear of gaining weight, that just isn't borne out in the research around intuitive eating. Um, So being able to eat in response to hunger, stopping when you're full, um, generally not using food to numb, distract, soothe, or cope, um, but also recognizing that food isn't just about fuel and this ability to enjoy food as part of connection with others. And so I hope that what we've talked about today can be um, helpful for you as you consider your secure foundation. And so as a review today with the podcast, we focused on how to avoid quick fixes, diets, and unsustainable approaches. We also talked about the signs of unbalanced eating, and I shared with you the basics of balanced eating. So you can kind of, you know, to use that as a guide. And then, Finished up by sharing a little bit about intuitive eating, which is a non-dieting approach to eating, um, that is, that has such great results on just about every measure they have taken a look at. And so there is a great book. Called Intuitive Eating. Um, And so that could be a great resource for you um, if you want to learn more about that. So you can head on over to my website to check out the show notes with the resources for this episode. I will link to the book Intuitive Eating if you want to check that out. And I think I do have another podcast that addresses intuitive eating a little more specifically. So um, I will include that link as well. Um, If you don't mind, I'd love it if you you gave the podcast a review on apple or spotify it helps more people find the podcast and i want to know what you think um i'm also on instagram at Melissa smith and i'd love to connect with you there every day i have more resources related to the podcast topics in the meantime oh actually let me share the um The link for the show notes at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 224 dash eating mindfully. I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember love and work, work and love. That's all there is until next time. Take good care.